get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That anymore. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, we're live. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 22 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We're live on Thursday, May 10th, 2017. This is franchise episode number 103 all time. Uh, if you are a new listener, Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air as well as tweet us questions or comments. Just send those tweets to at LGB Radio and we'll tweet them on the show. Uh, we'll read them on the show. And to uh, chat with us live, go to letscoblues.com slash radio and click on the join us graphic when we make that live uh, here shortly. In a few minutes, we'll let you know when that is. My name is Kurt Price and joining me again for our final show of the season we might do a few in the off season uh, give or take what goes on uh bill day and jeff ponder gentlemen what's up good evening sir good evening. hey there kurt hey good to, good to see you it is good to see me and how is your speedo this evening uh it's binding in the wrong places but it's you know it's all right Every, wait, no binding in the right places that's uh, that was your slogan in college, right? No, my my, my that was my high school nickname. Uh, so hey, this show we're gonna be talking about um, upcoming games, <laughs> and the show's over. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, next season. Yeah, yeah. For all you new listeners, we sure hope you got attached to this, and uh, we'll see you in about four months. Yeah. Our, our line is two sentences long. <clears throat> Uh, for those of you who do not know, we have a t-shirt shop on the Let's Go Blue. And Jeff Ponder, who is a member of the show here, co-host, a uh, long-time original cast member, uh, and did not know about the t-shirt shop until just now. No, 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 no. I knew about <laughs> oh, it. You never visited. Okay. I just never visited it, which is probably worse, actually. It's, you know, you knew about it and you just ignored <laughs> it. That's fine. It's whatever. Yes. Um, but we at letsgoblues.com. Uh, check it out. There's a shop for t-shirts and we have sold some. So people are buying them. So it's, that's pretty cool. Um, so it's it just, you know, Jeff said he's going to buy one. So be like Jeff and, and buy a shirt. Yeah. There's a, a really awesome. Let's go blues radio shirt with our awesome logo right in the middle. So I recommend that one. Yeah. It's also and, a, uh, free advertising. We, yeah. Free advertising. And I, I guarantee you that uh, if any of the three of us sees one of those out in public, We'd be glad to autograph it for you for now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, if I see a Let's Go Blues radio shirt in public, I will give that person my Speedo. <laughs> so you're going to carry the Speedo around with you? I already do. It's always in my no. back pocket. 
<laughs> you never know when you need it. So how about this? How about this? Instead, of, this is more a little more uh, believable. If you see a Let's Go Blues Radio shirt on the street, and you then you have to give them your underwear that you're wearing, which would which would be a speedo. So you say, yes, excuse me, that is, that is all I wear. Excuse me for a second. You go behind a bush, and you remove your underwear. I was gonna make a really bad bush joke, but you know what? I'm, I'm gonna leave it be. There, there are not bad bush jokes. Come on, they're all good. See, I got a, I got a bush to, to hide it, so I don't have to actually go behind a bush. No, that's, that's too much information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm kidding. I shave. Just... <laughs> well, you'd have to. You'd have to. You'd, you'd, you'd have to. You'd have it. It'd be like growing out the sides. This show has gotten off to a roaring start. <laughs> It's a variable forest down there. So uh, talking point one, Jeff's grooming techniques. Quick, <laughs> quick, funny story. So um, for when my brother got married 10 years ago, um, we uh, we were on a bachelor party. And I was I still hadn't written this. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to, to say. Then he's made some comment about, we we're making some comment about him having sex with his future wife. And he said something about how he would never go down there because it's like a Brazilian rainforest. <laughs> and so then I said, that's going in your best man speech. And everyone on the bus agreed. Okay, well, if you say that, we're all going to stand up and applaud you. So I made a comment about how it's like, yeah, you know, I've seen my brother go through many phases. The brother who grew up playing Sega Genesis with me until 4 a.m. To the man who loves Brazilian rainforests. And when I said that, nobody got it except everyone at the bachelor party and they all started standing up and applauding and instantly his current wife at the time goes hey you're gonna have to explain that to me and, and i'm i can tell i'm gonna be pissed off so i got him the the, the best the best the best jokes are inside jokes i mean really you're not telling jokes for other people you're telling jokes to make yourself and your friends laugh that's that's, that's right the deal is. that's right so. that's what we do here on the show that's why nobody else laughs at us. <laughs> no, we, we continually lose viewers as the show goes along. It's, it starts off it starts off in the low thousands, right? Whatever. And then by the end of the show it's like three. Yep. Yeah. Somebody didn't Yeah, somebody didn't get the the you know follow up joke to an obscure reference from three episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. how dare they? That, yeah. that, that'll that'll learn them. Watch more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, well, there's a Let's Go Blues Radio shirt. <clears throat> there is a Checker Dome shirt, which, you know, is pretty awesome. <clears throat> and there is a, uh, a Ripping on Cronky shirt and uh, another uh, Missouri hockey shirt. So that's that's what that's where it is. And I'll be you know, I'll add more next season, off season. If you got any ideas? Hey, shoot some ideas my way. I'll uh, I'll create them. You should have made that awesome logo with the I guess you probably couldn't use the blues logo but you made that awesome 50th anniversary logo at the beginning of the season that would have been cool to have on a shirt I could use it with it without the logo or without the with an altered version enough I could yeah do you could do like that. that that's a good yeah. one you could make really it should. 51 you should make a 51 <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome that is a brilliant <laughs> idea do that. that is I'm yes I'm gonna do that that's 51 if you do that I will buy three shirts I'm not okay. even kidding I'm, I'm making 51 <laughs> That's, that's 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 a good idea. One for every day of the week. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, good. That's I'm doing that after as soon as the show's over. I'm doing that. <laughs> Today in blues history, courtesy of the at <laughs> the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, if you don't follow him, do so. Um, that's an order. 
uh, May 10th. Uh, the um, well, first off, the the SW Blues history uh, Twitter account retweeted a tweet from at uh, Low Death Blues today, and uh, it's a it's a graphic. Check it out on Twitter. It's a uh, it's an image. I, we retweeted the 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 show, or my account retweeted it. One of the two, but it's a throwback of an ad in a magazine for uh, uh, old hockey stuff. Looks like from the 80s, 90s, early 80s, late 80s. That leather the, jacket. Leather, leather jacket with that's an awful, awful, awful leather jacket. But it's got all the logos on it, so it's retro cool. If I saw it today, it'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, So there's a trash can on there. That's why I posted this. There's a trash can on there. And I have that exact same trash can, which I tweeted out uh, before the show started. My retro can. It's sitting sitting right beside me. It's right here. Right, 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 right there. There it is. That's a pretty sweet trash can you got there. It's a coolest. <laughs> That's not something here every day. <laughs> I, have, I have the uh, the Habs version of that up in my office right now. I'm not gonna go get it and show it to everybody, but I have it. I believe you. I, I also that, believe you. That's that's all that matters to me. You have you have no reason to lie. I, I mean, unless you just you, you feel left out and you just wanted to participate in the in the trash can conversation. Well, I haven't really said anything on this show yet, so <laughs> that may be the case. I think you'll have plenty to say as the show goes on. Uh, today, <laughs> today in Blues History, 1998. Chris and I'm sure Jeff remembers this day, and I'll ask you guys where you were when we're done with this at the time it happened. Chris Prong of the St. Louis Blues took a shot to the chest and collapsed versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Pronger was struck slightly to the left of his heart by Dmitry Miranov's shot, 352 in the third period. A slashing penalty was pending against Pronger. No kidding. Uh, when play stopped, he took two strides and collapsed to the ice. I watched the video today. Again, I, you see it every now and then. And it's uh, creepy. It's creepy how he just uh, is. He's, looks like he's dead on the ice. Um, he was on uh, Ray Burley, the Blues trainer, who is still the Blues trainer. Um, he was unconscious for 20 to 30 seconds and his heartbeat became, become ready or weak and pronger regained consciousness while medical personnel tended to him on the ice and fitted him for a cervical collar to guard against the damage. I mean, that's you guys. Where were you guys when that happened? I was, uh, sitting at my mom's house. It was, you know, I was, what year was that? About 14, 98. So I would have been. I am so bad with math. I would have been 13. Um, yeah, I uh, I remember very, very specifically uh, watching that game and the play happening and then them cutting to him as he was laying on the ice. And like it was yesterday, I remember the look in his eyes. Like you could just see the whites in his eyes and he just looked like the scaredest man on earth. And uh, I remember also... Bill Clement and Gary Thorne were calling that game. And I remember Bill Clement making a comment. I, you know what? It might have even been John Davidson. Um, one of the two made the comment, oh, this is awful for this to happen, and especially for his poor mother on Mother's Day. And my first thought was, I don't think she cared. Like It's like she's sitting there going, oh, my God, why does this have to happen on Mother's Day? <laughs> she's thinking, oh, my God, why did this have to happen? So I always thought that was a pretty funny comment. It'd be funny if they interviewed her after the after the after he was okay and said, "Oh, what were your thoughts? 
What were your thoughts? It worse. It was on Mother's Day. <laughs> what were you, what, does it make it worse? It was on Mother's Day. Like, well, yes, it does because that makes it extra worse. <laughs> it it could have happened. Well, it couldn't happen tomorrow. No, it had happened today on Mother's Day on my day. <laughs> Selfish kid. Bill, do you remember where you were? Um. Yes, and I actually uh, was unable to watch the game because of where I was. I was uh, away at school on the East Coast, and it was uh, during uh, prep for finals. And uh, I don't know, it, for me to have been able to watch the game, I would have had to, you know, get a get a cab or catch a bus and go some to some bar that had the game on. We uh, I didn't get it at school, so heard about it that night from you know the, uh, the Sunday night phone call with mom and dad. And uh, it was just, yeah. So, so you, you were you were still uh, in? You had finals yet? Uh, yeah. Okay, because I was done. Uh, I was at Carbon. I was I had come back from Carbondale. I was done, and uh, I was in my room, my parents' house. <clears throat> like you know, but not, I was still cool with my parents. But uh, I had I just I brought my a big TV back from college, and I had it in my room, and so it was like it was really weird to have a uh, like a. At the time, it was a 27-inch TV. It was pretty big TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it. I had it set up on a, on a on a table or something in my room, and I had a couch in my room. So I'm like, this is fan. It's like an apartment in my parents' house, sitting on the couch in my bedroom, which was I like could live here of, forever. I could live here forever. And I was watching the t- I was watching the game on a big screen TV, a 27-inch TV, and uh, I was just like in awe, just watching. I was like, oh my god, Pronger just died on the ice. Yep. Um, and I, I remember, I remember the 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 fans. Um, initially, okay, everybody went quiet eventually, and they were all concerned, rightfully so. But initially, they laughed. Did you guys? Did you, did you remember? You remember that? They like kind of gave him a cheer, a jeer, um, because yeah. oh, they're faking it because he was getting a penalty, and then he went down thinking he might try to draw a penalty or something. I, they, the, the crowd kind of gave him a like, oh, come on, kind of a thing. Um, but obviously, he was not faking. Detroit fans do something less than classy. No. And Pronger went to the hospital, they released him, uh, and he played the next game. Fun fact, this is going to blow your minds. So I am known for having some pretty crazy jerseys. <clears throat> there is a jersey I have. It's not Dmitry Miranov. It's, I think he went by Miranov, didn't he? I don't know. There was, there was a Miranov and a Miranov, and they were brothers. Yeah, like, and, and they, yeah, they didn't pronounce the name the same way. Yeah, yeah I think it was they, Dmitry Moranov, and then I had his brother's jersey with the Chicago Blackhawks, Boris Miranov. Really? I'm yeah. not even making that up. I have a Boris Miranov jersey with Wait, the Blackhawks. You have a Blackhawks jersey. I have two Blackhawks jerseys. Ooh, wow. I that actually was- have I, – I got my hands on a Jonathan Taves from the first Winter Classic they played in. Uh, I had a friend that was trying to get rid of it. Never worn it before. He was offering thirty bucks, and I'm like, you know what? That is a as much as I do not want to have a Blackhawks jersey. Thirty dollars for a Winter Classic jersey? That that sounds good. That's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. Even though it's Taves, it brings the value down. But you I know, don't hate Taves. He's one of the he's one of the Blackhawks. I don't hate. I I, re- I respect I respect the hell out of him. I just yeah. I I can't like him. I just don't. Right. Yeah. He always reminds me of what could have been. <laughs> 1970, May 10th, 1970. Bobby uh, Orr's famous Fuck this. Air. Fuck this point. <laughs> no, skip it. Skip famous it. Fu- skip uh, it. Done. No. Uh, it, happened. it happened today. 
it's the <laughs> legacy of this goddamn team here. Fucking, you know what? 47 years later, we're still talking about that bullshit, and that defines the legacy of this team. So It sucks that two, the two of the most famous goals in NHL history, that goal and, and the Iserman goal, yeah, that, that are against the Blues. Right. And and now the Kane commercial where he scores and says it's over before it goes which in. Is, which is hilarious because it's that commercial aired after the Blackhawks were knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The same thing with the uh, – did you see? You guys see the uh, the Paris Day chocolate milk commercial? Yes. What the hell is that about? Yeah, chocolate milk? Yeah. How does that even – I there, were there any – I mean, I meant to make a chocolate milk joke at some point on Twitter during the first round. I never did. But I, I'm assuming some people did. But I, uh, that was a, it's a weird, I love chocolate milk, don't get me wrong, but it's not good for you. <laughs> I'm watching <laughs> it now. It's, it's not, it's, I mean, it's delicious, but it's not, yeah. it's not a, mm. it's not a workout drink. It's supposed to rebuild your muscles after no, you work no, out. No, no, it, no, it doesn't. That's, I mean, it's, that's, the, that's the, milk, the milk does, the milk's got calcium and, it's, and the calcium is good for you, but I mean, milk's got a lot of sugar and fat in it too. So I mean, it's not really, it's like not a really good drink for you. Anyhow. Oh, we, we skipped uh, over the, the official beers of the episode. Let's get back to that. Mm. Uh, what do you, what do you, uh, who wants to go first? Who's got a beer? Mine's gone. No. <laughs> no. What, what, what was it? Uh, uh, have to finish the, uh, the season off. Like I, uh, started and had a lot of founders this time. Sumatra mountain Brown Imperial Brown ale brewed with Sumatra coffee. It is uh, quite tasty. What, what city was it? Oh, it's Founders. Okay. Yeah, Founders. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Because if you don't know uh, your city, Bill, you're not yeah. a true calf beer fan. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> I, I, I've heard this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I am a beer enthusiast. I, I am a beer it's enthusiast. St. Louis. Right. I, I, I'm. Let me see. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Jeff that you have a local uh, brew. In house again? I no? might. I don't know. I don't remember if I. Uh, this is what I drank last time. But uh, con- contact tie. Did I have this last time? Mm, uh, I, I don't think so. you did. No. Well, this is my favorite beer. Um, I am just. I've decided that claim. Uh, about a week ago. I, I. It's. It's seasonal. It's only out in summer. It's from Four Hands Brewery. Um, I love Four Hands. Yeah, they got. Oh, they got such good stuff. And, and their place uh, is cool too. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I discovered it mostly, I guess, early last summer. Uh, there was a, uh, the post. You guys have been to the post, right? No? The, the post. It's, yeah. it's out off of, um, my goodness. It's off Manchester, but I can't remember what city that's in because Manchester's a long road. Anyway, uh, it's close to Brentwood. But um, yeah, they, they actually one of the few places that actually serve contact ties. So. I frequent there a lot, and I drink a lot of contact eye, and I went to the store the other day when I heard the facts. So, yes, if you've never had it, it's very sweet. Uh, it's got a great aftertaste. Just, again, my, my favorite beer. This and um, Fantasyland. You guys ever had Fantasyland before? I have not. That's... Um... That's- that's uh, Urban Chestnut, right? Urban Chestnut, yeah. They, that's yeah. another really good one. I think that one's year-round. So for for the last show of the season, possibly, uh, those are my two beers for the summer. So I recommend both. Uh, my 
my beer of the show is um, Shiner Holiday Cheer. It was still in the fridge in the holidays, so um, <laughs> nothing if not seasonal. I, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a, I, you know, I was I was I was hoarding I was hoarding it. <laughs> I bought it and hoarded it, and I should post a picture on the Beer Enthusiast Facebook group and say, "Jealous, can't find this anymore." Jackoffs. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not an Imperial Stout though, so I don't I don't care. Yeah, uh, probably not. <laughs> um, this is good. I've never had a Shiner beer before, Shiner Bach or anything. Um, I've heard good things from uh, my friends from Texas, especially, and I this is good. It's almost like yeah. a fruity, uh, uh, multi. It's good. Yeah. So Shiner uh, Ruby Redbird um, grapefruit ale is uh, awesome. Like you have them ice cold on a hot summer day. It is a great summer beer. Highly recommend it. What is okay on a if you're going to a if you're going to the beach, all right, and it's a warm day, what and you and you're taking beer. What beer are you taking to a, to a warm day, like a ninety degree day on the beach? Um, probably something in a uh, in a Rattler or a Shandy. I was gonna say I was gonna say Shandy myself. What what, what, are, you, what are you gonna take, Jeff? You know that is the one. Budweiser product that I drink regularly. Bud Bud Lime. Lime. (laughs) I I don't know what it is. Looks like a Bud Light Lime guy. I don't know what it is, but I just I do like the Bud Light Lime. It's good stuff. Don't judge me. Not judging. There's time and place for everything. I guess. (laughs) Like Lido's. And 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 like uh, is it? Are we are? Bill uh, tweeted out his speedo shot, uh, his money, his money shot, money shot. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. earlier, which was uh, 26 minutes ago. Is a red, white, and blue speedo is on Twitter, which yeah, it's impressive. Congratulations, Bill. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, congratulations are more in order for uh, Sheldon wherever he went to. So. <clears throat> I got nothing I, on that dog. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have some on, but they are under my shorts where they should be, as opposed to over the jeans, which they were on last time. I do not have one on. No. So you're, you're going, you're going commando. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> you do never see my bottom half. No. So you want to get into the uh, blues versus the predators? Uh, you want to talk about the you want to talk about the tournament first or do you want to do oh, that? Oh yes, sorry. Yes, go uh, the yes, go you go ahead. I just figure we do our a little PSA to before yeah. we get into blues talk. This is very important. Uh, so if you're listening, uh, listen up. Yeah, so um we are for those that have listened to the show for a while, you know that um Kurt Bill and I participate in a uh, tournament every year. Um and obviously it it bears my name. It's the Stanley Ponder Cup or Stanley Ponder Memorial Cup tournament. Uh, we have announced a date, and we've announced a new rink for it this year, November 18th. And uh, that is uh, obviously of this year, and it's at Queenie Park Midwest Sport Hockey. If you've never been there, it's the roller rink there in uh, in Queenie Park. Uh, it's You can access it through the Manchester side for those who are wondering where the hell that's at. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, Kurt's also signed up already, so we've already got – Three skaters, all goalie spots are filled already because they goalies just love these tournaments and uh, they jump on it as soon as they can. But if you're interested, if you're a roller hockey player, hell, even if you've never played before, we had a guy do that last tournament. 
Uh, we'd love to have you. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's all day hockey. It starts at two o'clock on November 18th. Bar will be open until 1 a.m. Uh, we're also going to have raffles and, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to have a couple blues jerseys to, to raffle off. Uh, I think we're going to have some pucks to sell. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great time. Again, Kurt and Bill can speak to how much fun it is, too. But this year it's at Queenie Park, and um, really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can give you a ringing endorsement uh, for the uh, the raffles since uh, I got uh, I won the uh, Tarasenko jersey last year. So, oh, yeah. My, How's that working uh, out for you? Um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was uh, two and three as a good luck charm in the uh, playoffs. So, oh, uh, could have been better. Yeah, I, uh, I I I have a puck that I that I purchased that's on my on my blues uh, with my blues memorabilia. But um, yeah, my daughter uh, won uh, one of the paintings that I believe your sister did. Jeff? Yeah, right? my sister yeah. did one. Yeah, she it's up in her it's hanging up in her room. She loves it. Nice. Um, and didn't you win a shit ton of meat last I year too? I, that was that was the first tournament, and yeah. it was I won a a bucket of a basket of meat. It was it was awesome. It was great. It was a uh, it was a um, uh, boar's head uh, like sausage uh, and pepperoni and and uh, salami and stuff. It was it was amazing. So it was uh, it was quite good. I uh, that was and I I'm like oh okay a bunch of meat and then you find out I saw this at Schnucks later I'm like. That was that was some expensive meat, so it was. We were. I was happy to get it. Yeah, we get some pretty cool donations. Um, I know uh, first year we had a fire pit, uh, which was really cool. It was a one, it was a mini one, but still, I mean, pretty sweet. Uh, there's talks that there might be a Yeti cooler, Ooh. which for those that don't know, Yeti coolers are pretty much the best coolers you can buy. They'll keep uh, ice for about. Oh, actually, there was there was a Yeti cooler, um, that the the Blues had. Uh, their inaugural season, it still has ice in it. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, 50 uh, and, ice. And, and, the, and the first season, you actually, like the best thing you had was the, the Let's Go Blues.com uh, t shirt that was given away. That's true. That, that, was, that, was, that was a highly sought after item. I just realized that I uh, have, did not tell people where to find the event information or how to sign up as a player. Uh, dropinstl.com. That's dropinstl.com. There's a link on the right that says uh, 2017 SPMC tournament. Click that. Scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a um, a PayPal link. Go into that and PayPal me your money, and I'll obviously see your name and put you right on the player list. And for those that just want to come. That's got all the event information on there. So just mark it on your calendars, and we'll see you on the 18th of November. And show up and have some drinks and food and watch some hockey if you don't, you're not playing. That's right. It's a good time. Yeah, great time. I was the yeah. first team eliminated in the last one. Yeah, so, but, but your, uh, team, your team won at the first. First, first uh, year like, we won. Yep. And then my team was is defending champions if they get back together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if yeah. If that's able to happen. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, so I'm going to try to snipe a couple of you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's a it's a great time. We uh, um, uh, for those who don't know, it, it's it's uh, oh, I guess I should say who it's benefiting yet. Yeah, it's, uh, it's for my father who uh, passed away in 2015 from uh, leukemia and uh, the uh, all the money that we make, um, the exception of, of a little bit going to the rink for allowing us to take up their entire Saturday. Um it's all going to go to the Be the Match Foundation, which is uh, helps match people who need new bone marrow. 
and uh, also the Leukemia and Lymphoma uh, uh, Society of St. Louis. So it's all for a good cause. So come, drink a bunch of beer, watch some hockey, or play some hockey, and have a good time. Well, I, I guess we should uh, the series, series and season review. Yeah, I was uh, just wanting to delay talking about this. You know, yeah. I mean, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, I'm, there's not, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot here, but we, I mean, we could just, just kind of. That's funny. That's what yeah. uh, Ken Hitchcock said to open the season. That's uh, <laughs> what Armstrong said at the trade deadline. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, we're, we're rebuilding. We knew going into the season that we weren't a contender. It's like, oh, really? Is that, is that what you told the season ticket holders when you were trying to sell season tickets? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see this year as rebuilding as much as, you know, the maybe a slate retool, right? Didn't they say it was, uh, you know, yeah. got to take sometimes you got to step, yeah, take a step back before you take a step forward, and you know, uh, it's just it, it's frustrating because you get to the playoffs and you have some success and hope gets up, and you know, the, the Blues, this we'll. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about this series. <laughs> um, okay. Well, they, you know, they won game five at home. Um, played a good game of game five, forced game six. Um, winning, I, I said this on the last show um, that I thought that I thought they would win. I thought they, I could see them winning game five. I could see that happening. And they did. Um, and I said, but I said, I said, winning game six in Nashville. That's going to be the monumental task, and they just can't score in Nashville. They get one goal a game in Nashville, um, and you're just not going to, you're just not going to win in Nashville. I mean, the, the, the home 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 ice advantage in the playoffs in the NHL um, isn't a huge advantage for most teams. Um, the, the record isn't that good, but Nashville, they they're undefeated at home in the playoffs so far in the first two rounds. So they 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 feed off their crowd. It's a, it's a loud crowd. Um, they do stupid chance and whatever works for them. But uh, I don't know why. In a nutshell, why couldn't we get past Nashville? In why the issues this team had scoring in Nashville, um, and and getting through to Renee. So, I mean, a lot of it had to do, I think, with the uh, uh, the number of block shots. I mean, Nashville really did collapse down low, block a lot of shots, cut off the lane a lot. But I think overall, I mean, the, the Blues just lack of secondary scoring, which seemed to be a theme throughout the year. Um, you know, it, it, you get the – especially you go to game six – you get the early goal and you've got all the momentum feeling great and you can't get the second goal. And, uh, you know, it, it just seemed that's how it was uh, when, when we played in Nashville, just we could never, you know, if we had the upper hand, it wouldn't last. It's just frustrating. That's yeah, been I, the, go ahead, but go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I, I was just going to say they going into this series, um, you know, obviously I, I, I mean, I did pick the Predators. I'm not trying to gloat. I didn't want the Predators to win. But that was always my issue, was it seems like – now, they've – recent years, they've they've kind of been able to take it to the Predators here and there. The series has been a little more even. But for a long time there, and I'm sure you guys remember it, it just seemed like this team could not score in Nashville. 
Uh, now, obviously, a lot of teams had that problem with Rene and his mm. prime and Shea Weber and Roman Yossi and, in, you know, even a couple of years ago, Ryan Suter uh, on the back end. But um, I just – I mean, they – it seemed like, and, and this is something I thought they did against the Wild a little bit too, but obviously they were a little more successful. They let Nashville play their game. They let Nashville take it to them. They stood back. And I know a lot, a big portion of the Blues game is defensive, but I just feel like they let Nashville completely dictate the play and that um, they just didn't play the way we've seen them play. I thought game five was the best this team played all playoff. I thought they dictated play. They took control. They made the Predators play their game. If they would have done that the entire series, I think the Blues would have easily beat them in five or six games. Yeah, uh, game five was game five was 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 very good. I mean, you, I mean, that was it was good to see their backs were against the wall. The first time in the playoffs that they had uh, they were facing elimination and they they played very well and they won. And so you're thinking, okay, well, this is how this team looks when their backs are against the wall. But in Nash and I and I think in game six they played very well. I thought they did, but they just. Uh, with, you know, not getting the bounces uh, on, on some chances in Rene and, and Renee playing very well. Um, they just, I mean, getting, getting the one goal is just not going to cut it. Um, I, I thought, I, would you guys agree? Game six, they, I thought, I thought they played very well in game six. They just didn't, they just couldn't convert uh, on Rene. I agree. I, th- I think yeah. they played very well. I thought um, third period Nashville started to take control again, just because they had everything yeah. on their side, including the crowd. But first two periods, I thought, and even a lot of the third period, I thought the Blues looked really good. Yeah, I think, you know, the Blues, the game in game six was there for the for the taking of the Blues. You know, they got out to the hot start and, you know, just couldn't get anything. Nashville had a better start to the second period. But I don't know. It felt, it felt to me at a lot of points throughout the playoffs that the Blues just looked gassed, you know, throughout – long stretches of games. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's the case or, you know, if it's just that they're, you know, trying to control their own tempo, but it just, it didn't seem like they were playing a very fast game. And, you know, when Nashville gets on its game, they play a very, very fast game, uh, very crisp tape to tape type passes. And it just, it didn't seem like the blues could execute like that for very long stretches of time. I, I tweeted out um, in the first period when the Blues were playing, they were playing very well. They were up to, up one nothing early, um, and they had a bunch of chances, and they they couldn't convert. And I said this, I was like, it's it. They need to get a second goal because you know Nashville is going to score. I mean, you just had that feeling that they were they were gonna they were gonna come out in the second. If, you know, if they didn't score in the first, they're gonna come out and they're gonna just amp it up, and they were going to. The crowd was going to get going because the crowd was quiet for a while. Um, but after the Blues went up on nothing, and because they were they're out of it, the crowd, the seventh man was not there in the first period for Nashville. And if the Blues had gone up two nothing, they win that game. There's, yeah. I mean, there, there's, they could not get that second goal. Uh, when they had opportunities in the first period, they had a lot of chances and uh, they had pressure. They were out playing Nashville, looking really good, and they couldn't get that second goal to go up two nothing. And I thought at the time, like they got to get that second goal because if, if Nashville ties it, then all of a sudden that is a huge, I don't care how the game has been going up to that point. If it's still one, nothing and Nashville ties, it gets that, gets that one goal. Then the momentum completely swings and they're going to be all over us for a while. And then who knows what's going to happen. And they didn't get the second goal and Nashville eventually 
tied it and the, the crowd was different after that. Uh, shutting down, you know, I, I was, after game one, I was worried about Subban, obviously, because he had three points in game one. He's all over the place. He almost single-handedly beat the Blues in game one. And one of the points the Blues made was to shut him down. And they did a very good job with that. We had, he only had like one assist the rest of the way. Was that right in the, in the series? I think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was something like that, but yeah. And he was, and he was, and he was, they really did. I mean, he had a couple of good chances, but he was pretty much contained. Now with that said, <laughs> right. It's whack-a-mole, right? Right. right. <laughs> you contain him and Ryan Ellis pops up. Ryan Ellis beat you every fucking game. Yeah. He, yeah. Even on shots, he whipped it. He like partially fans on there going in. Yeah. Um, to me, to me, I thought Ryan Ellis was probably, you know, besides Becker Rene, he was the best player in that series. Yep. Yeah, if not for Rene, he's getting the MVP of the series easily. Um, Alan. No, and, and wait, well, while, we, while we're on the topic, sorry, I'm trying to put eye drops in my eyes because I all of a sudden can't see anything. Um, mm-hmm. While we're on the topic, I thought with the exception of Subban's offense in the first game, he did not impress me. I know a lot of people, I mean, especially – Pierre Maguire talked about how great Nashville's defense was, and it all starts with PK Subban. But yeah. I just I don't trust him in his own zone as a mm-hmm. as a as a puck carrier. I don't think he's elite defensively, and this is all stuff we already knew. But I know that you know a lot of people like have defended him, and a lot of people in Montreal for good reason. I mean, he's a good player, and as a person, I love him. I think he's a fantastic hockey personality, but. As a player, I uh, I got to be honest. I think overall, I would take Kevin Shattenkirk over him just because he's you just can't trust him. It's so many points of the game. It's like you don't see him out there in, in important penalty kills and uh, end of game situations when the Blues had a lead. I mean, it he just was not impressive to me except for his offense in Game One. He's a he's a fantastically dynamic offensive player. I, I love him. You know, like I, 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 I said, I like Kirk. Um, great in the offensive zone, but in your own zone, you're playing with fire when he's out there. You just, I mean, he could. He's he's tip. He's subject to making the bonehead mistake in his own end. Uh, and and it's usually it's not from lack of trying or ineptness. It's just that it's usually from taking a risk or you know trying something that, like his little spin thing that he does. Right, and and the Blues, I thought, you know, and I'm I'm looking for whoever wins this Ducks Oilers game, uh, for them to put a lot more man on man pressure on him, and be prepared to pick off that blind behind the back spinorama pass that he loves. Yeah. I mean, the Blues, the Blues, you know, we saw him do that, um, and especially in Nashville, you know, a, a few times that you know I thought, you know. It, the blues read that right they could just pick it off and on it we it just didn't seem like we we wanted to put man-on-man pressure on any of their d uh especially in their zone but uh he he definitely you know game one he was he was awesome um and then uh the uh was it game four he uh got the embellishment penalty and it was announced announced today that he got a two thousand dollar fine which is like what two dollars to you and me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. It, it, he he's definitely you know at this point you know everybody's talking about how well clearly Montreal lost that trade 
um, because, you know, Weber's now, you know, Weber didn't even make it out of the first round. Subban's still in there. Eh, Subban, you know, if, and I, I think there's, there's some, you know, fluff. He's an emotional leader pieces that are now out there uh, about uh, uh, Subban. But I don't know. I mean, he's, he's definitely, he's a charismatic guy. He's an energetic guy, but the players that lead best lead by example on the ice. And I don't think he's, he's gotten to that point where he's that kind of player. Does anybody else, I mean, does anybody care about his, like when he takes the mic and interviews a teammate or if, if, if the, if the comments he makes or his, his antics, like before a game, does anybody care? I mean, the media seems to make, I mean, maybe it's just me. Well, like well, Milbury. You know, calls him out for for something he does. It's you know, he's being a clown or whatever on the on the ice. But I, I before the game, and I'm like, who cares? I, I don't. I mean, I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe is it a big deal to you guys that he does stuff like that? I well, want that out of players. That's yeah. That's my Thank you. Boy, Thank a you. player yes. showing his personality. Right. Right. And and that's that's what I was gonna say, Jeff. As a as a media guy, aren't aren't most media guys starved for personality from yeah. players? Yeah, and, I mean, Subban's Subban's got it in droves. We we hear from these guys that have been in the media for 30, 40 years that you know back in the day players were way more colorful. They used to say and do a lot of the joking things they do behind closed doors right in front of the media because they didn't care. Nowadays, players are so worried about one little thing they say wrong, so that's why they get coached on all this and they're told not to say certain things or joke about certain things. It's so nice and refreshing to hear players who don't care and are just like, hey, I'm going to be me and I'm going to want the world to see me for who I am. And I I respect that. I love that kind of thing when, when athletes show that. I think Ryan Reeves is like that, and I always appreciate that. I love unless it's Unless it's Patrick Kane and he's trying to rape somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. I, I, I loved uh, listening to Brett Hall talk. A big interview. He was fantastic sound bites. Uh, he he just said whatever the hell he wanted to. It was great. I loved it. Now a lot of it was a lot of it was negative about the game and and, and how shitty he thought the game was. But still, I don't know why people watch this game. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but it was. I mean, it was it was it was refreshing. It was a it was something that what you don't typically hear the the company line the the canned quotes that players a lot of times give, which. I guess they almost have to. Otherwise, it may be a very bad interview because they might not, might not be very good in front of a camera or in front of a mic, and they just have these lines they give, which, whatever. Yeah. But the cliche, Hall, right? The the cliche hockey answer. Speaking of Hull, you know, I here we are. What, I guess uh, twenty four years later. Um, what, what, when was his uh, eighty six goal season? Was that ninety ninety one? Six twenty six years later, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't the president's trophy year. It was a yeah. year or two before that. Two years before that. Yeah. So it was the. Uh, I, I still remember a quote from from that eighty six goal season, uh, where they they asked him about his training habits, and he said, "I wanted to be a well rounded player, not a well round player." <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, nobody nobody has good quips like that. It seems. Eric 86. Carlson is pretty colorful. His eighty-six goal season was ninety-ninety-one. Yeah, ninety-ninety-one. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eric Carlson's a pretty colorful guy. He's uh, he usually 
throws that. I mean, it, he was the one that came out and said it with the injury he had. You know that the team would never release that. They were just talking to him after round one, and he's like, yeah, I've been playing with a broken heel or, or whatever that injury was, broken ligaments in my heel. And it's just like, wow, you're just going to give us that information? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it is refreshing when players just show their personality and, and be themselves. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> the um, so uh, Allen's play in the playoffs and uh, late in the season, down the stretch, second half basically. Uh, the future of the goaltending for the Blues with Allen. I, there was a lot of questions with him early in the season. Um, I I assume uh, you guys are content with Allen going forward. I, I want to before we let the goalie get into this. Um, I want to see a little bit more from him just because I've been, I have been Mr. Skeptic for him. He's always going into last season and, and even the season before that, I've always been a big Allen fan, but I was one of the people that said, I, I want to see him do it. I want to see him prove that he can do this at the NHL level. He did that this year. And I'm very happy with that. And I'm so happy to be proved wrong from what I was saying in January that he's not a full-time guy. Now we'll see. Again, I want to see a little more. I'd like to get another season of him. Basically, I want to see him have maybe not as stellar as he was at the end of this year, but just a season full where he doesn't have the problem midseason. If he can do that next year and still be a reliable guy in the playoffs, I'm completely sold on him for years. But again, I, I want to see it one more time. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that at all. You know, I I think that he's up until this year we saw signs of potential greatness. Um, you know, he'd get on little stretches where he he seemed unbeatable, and then you know when we got to the stretch run this year, he was, and he was you know I I don't I don't want to say elite because there are so few elite goalies, and he just got beat by an elite goalie um and and that's that last round but he's he's definitely i think i think when we look back at his career uh that this this season that we just finished is going to be where we can say that he got his career back on track back on the trajectory that he had when he first came up um, and you know, I was, I was pissed that we got rid of Brian Elliott after last season. I was pissed that Elliott asked for that trade. Um, and we gave it to him. Um, I didn't, I didn't believe in Jake Allen. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he proved me wrong. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, at the, the coaching change and, you know, getting rid of Jim Corsi and having Martin Brodeur you know, uh, restore the guy's confidence, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it was announced in the last two days that Brodeur is not going to remain as goalie coach, but he's going to lead the search for a goalie coach. Um, you know, here's the thought. If uh, Washington's going to blow shit up, can we get Mitch Korn? That'd be nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, I think that, uh, that it would, uh, you know, it, if he can, keep the confidence that he earned at the end of this season uh, and give us an entire season without that, uh, you know, taking a month off. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you completely on that, Jeff, that, you know, the Blues are a better team 
now with with having a clear cut number one goalie. You know, it's funny because going from season to season, sometimes goaltending can be. I mean, your 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 top four or five goalies usually are are pretty consistently elite, but after that, you get guys that will have a great year and then an off year and then a good year and then a. You know, I, I always go back to like Jaguar, who had, um, you know, some fantastic seasons, but it, like he also had some kind of bad seasons too, mixed in there. So I've, it, it's just kind of. It, it took Jaguar forever to stick. Yeah. You know, he was he was drafted by Hartford, um, traded to Calgary, and it was he was really you know wasn't wasn't intended to be the number one guy in Anaheim. And then he put on the greatest display of playoff goaltending in 30 years. I think uh, I think we've seen a, a good, a really good, really good half season out of Allen, and a really good playoff run uh, through you know two rounds. So I think if next season, if the first, I mean, if he starts off, you know, inconsistent next year, then it's like okay, we're back in the same boat again. I think I think right now it's a tipping point. I think if he starts off well next year, I'm good. I, I think okay, okay, he's he's turned the corner after the break in the offseason. Um, he's playing well. This is who this is our guy. This is who we got. Hopefully, um, but if he's if he's inconsistent to start the season, you're gonna have questions again because he. I mean, it's right now he's got half a well. He he was inc- up and down, streaky kind of a goalie before this year, but a really good solid half season, and then playoffs. So I think. I want to see. I want to see the start of next season before I say he's the he's the guy. But I, I, I have confidence he will be. Yeah, I, I honestly, and I know he had overall a pretty good year, but I'm still not sold on Carter Hutton as a backup to a guy who's been shaky in the past. So I, I would like to see them go out and get a little better backup because I do think Allen is a guy like Elliott who strives off competition and. You know, I don't know who that is. I need to look at the the free agent market, and we'll have to see how it shakes out after Vegas uh, picks their goalies. But uh, yeah. I would like to see them get a guy who, if Allen, because Allen's injury prone, you know, let's face it. And and again, he's he's had his shakiness in the past. It'd be nice to get a guy to where if Allen's hurt, we're not. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Because that's how it was when 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 they gave Allen that leave of absence. Everybody was like. You're gonna just roll Carter Hutton, you know? I mean, you got to get a guy who I think can step in. I mean, look at Anaheim, Jonathan Bernier. It looked like a superstar back there. I mean, granted they got a great defense, but they they didn't miss a beat when John Gibson was out because Bernier is a a good goalie, and you can trust him to start multiple games in a row. Carter Hutton, it was fine on the road. If he was on the road, he was all right. Yeah, that's my thing is is I feel like – and again, maybe I'm just being skeptical, but I just don't think he's going to repeat that next year. I, yeah, it was kind of a fluky mm-hmm. thing, I think. Yeah, and and given the you know the, the goaltending depth and that every team's got to expose somebody, I don't think Carter Hutton's going to be uh, one of the guys that uh, we would lose in the expansion draft. Um, one of the so, – I saw and, mock, and we I saw- have, I saw a mock draft from was a Sportsnet that had them taking Hutton as one of the three goalies. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, uh, maybe is their starter in the AHL. Well, maybe. he was thir- he was he was third. He was number thir- three on their list. Who's yeah, there too? I don't, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't memorize yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't see him. I don't see him going. We have him for one more year. Um, 
I don't know. So from from what I understand, um, what I've seen some some comments online uh, that the uh, uh, Brian Elliott is, uh, you know, people don't think that went so well in Calgary this year. And uh, there's a lot of uh, I, I saw a few tweets about uh, stories for uh, saying that they should get flurry. If flurry is available, if they're not going to protect them, they should get flurry. Flurry would be the answer. They've I don't think Flurry's going anywhere. They've got a decision to make now. Pittsburgh yeah. does. Yeah. And he had quite the uh, quite the run. Nah, he's He would have a fantastic night tonight. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he, that <laughs> the save on Ovechkin. <laughs> where, he, <laughs> where he strokes his stick afterwards. Where he strokes the stick. <laughs> I mean, that – oh, God. He's smiling laughing, too. He's, like, in the zone. Yeah. Whatever – the first time Ovechkin faces him next year, he's going to bull his ass over. <laughs> uh, the uh, So St- uh, Steen's broken foot. I have a question for you guys. So Steen broke his foot in the very first game uh, against Minnesota. And he broke it, and it got worse on his fantastically uh, fantastic block shot uh, where he kicked saving a beauty at the, from the point. But anyway, uh, would it have been better – Yes, to have, to have played Sanford, um, if Steen was at say seventy percent, sixty percent at his on his ankle, foot. Yes, I uh, I am a, and maybe just because I was sour by the Barrett Jackman crap every year when the Blues were bad, that he would have a, and I'm not again, I'm not really, I guess I'm partially blaming Barrett Jackman, but he would have awful stretches and just bad ends of seasons. And the Blues would come out and say, oh, well, Barrett wasn't playing to his high potential because he was hurt. He's been playing hurt. And it's just like, well, then why are you playing him? Like, he's getting walked by players. Stop playing him. And and I know Steen, he's still – a lot of people dogged on him. I thought he was okay. He wasn't Steen level. But why play a guy who's hurt? Do you really want – to have this be a nagging injury for years. And I know it's a broken foot. It's going to heal over the offseason, blah, 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 blah. But how do you know something else isn't going to happen to where it's going to end his career or make him not as fleet of foot in the future? And I know that they're in the playoffs and everybody's got to go hard and this is a man's sport. But that kind of shit drives me crazy. Sit the guy. Now, now if it's... Alex Ovechkin and it's game seven against the Penguins. Okay, maybe you take a roll of the dice and you throw him out there. But Alexander Steen is a big po- – I mean, he's locked up for a couple more years. The, the guy has a family. You, sit. Just sit him. Get a guy out there who's fully healthy. Let him heal. Who knows? Maybe if this team makes it to the Stanley Cup final, he's ready to go. He's 100%. But I, I completely think on the – Injured policy. If I were a head coach, I'd say, "Oh, you've got a broken foot. You're out." You know, thanks for playing. We'll see you next season. Yeah, and whether it was Stanford or uh, Barbashev, you know, I I think that they soured on Barbashev pretty quickly, and you know, when they got to the playoffs, and I I just wonder, you know, if you play him in a different role than you know checking line winger. If uh, if he might have uh, had a little more success, and you know, try him and move Steen. Um, you know, the the one knock I have on Sanford. I mean, the kid's got great hands, and you know, is he, not afraid to uh, you know make some moves in the neutral zone and uh, open up some ice. But 
he just he gets knocked off the puck way too easily. And uh, you know, Steen Steen's a guy that's very strong on the puck, doesn't get knocked off. Um, and I think Barbershop's got a little bit more like that. But uh, I don't know. I I, I think. You know, I, I think that that it was a little bit too much of that old school mentality of you know if a guy's willing to go, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, maybe maybe him playing through pain is gonna you know lift the spirits of the other guys on the team. I I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I I I think you know they sat him. Um, you know, and did which game was it that he sat? Was that game four? Game. Uh, he five. sat game five. five. Game yeah. five, and we won that won. game. Yeah, we won. Yeah, not that I. I don't think that he was a detriment to the team uh, in game six, but uh, you know, if, if you need that little bit of edge, you need that little extra step. A guy with a broken foot's not going to give it to you. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. The fact that they won the game that he didn't play in, then they put him in after they win. Why not keep the lineup the exact same? Obviously, you guys were doing something right. Well, I I, I, I agree. I, I, and I would have when I heard this team had broken foot. I'm like, why is he playing? And now, granted, there's different levels of broken bones and feet. It could have been a hairline thing where it was just painful, but it was not gonna, you know what I mean? It was it was not like displaced. Obviously, but you can't really play on that kind of thing. But if it's like a hairline I, fracture I, where it's broke and it technically is broke, like if you say like if if I have a hairline fracture in a vertebrae of my neck and and I tell people I have a broken neck, they're thinking, Oh my God, a broken neck. Are you, are you alive? Yeah. yeah but the, the reports that kept coming out were that you know, when he wasn't on the ice, he was in a walking boot. And before game five, he left Scott trade center on crutches. It sounded pretty bad. Yeah. Well, don't they give you that if you have a, uh, I mean, if it's a, just to, just to keep pressure off I of think, it. And to... yeah, I think they make you leave the hospital on crutches or in a wheelchair. And I, I would imagine with the Blues, the, the money they have invested in Steen, which is quite a bit, um, they'd probably say you're wearing crutches and a walking boot <laughs> for a hairline fracture. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just – I yeah. uh, I was I was angry when I heard that he was playing with a broken foot. I, Me too. Again, Me too. I mean, it's again if it's McDavid, even if it's Tarasenko and it's a, a must-win game, maybe. But now Alexander mm-hmm. Steen, he's not – he's not a – I mean, yeah, I know he's had some great playoffs in the past, but – well, good playoffs in the past. But, uh, again, they won game five without him. Why not just give him one more game and, and see what happens? Plus, you got fresher legs with Sanford. Yeah, I mean, you got – that's he's got more jump. Um, he's going to be faster than Steen, I think. Well, and, and back to what Bill said, I I mean, I know they soured on him quick, but I thought Barbashev would have been a great replacement for Steen. Yeah. Yeah, can yeah. step in, take some face-offs when needed. And... Yeah, they needed help with face-offs too. Yeah, well, they really did get better as the series went along. But they yeah, they, any any help you could get on that front with uh, the way the first couple games went, one of you yeah, you tried it. You try Barbashev on the wing. That gives you two centers in case one of them gets kicked out. Which would happen? Have yeah. every damn face off. Um, so a few players uh, played well. Okay, a few players who played very very well. For the Blues in the in the in the in the playoffs, like overachieved, they were very happy with their play. Um, what Allen, Allen um, Petrangelo, for Pareko, the most part, Pareko. Pareko. I thought uh, Schwartz looked great. Yeah, Sabuka. Oh, yeah, Sabuka was fantastic. Yeah, he was. Yeah, 
Um, uh, Edmondson. I mean, I know it was just oh, yeah. everybody points to the goal scoring, but I thought he played pretty well defensively too. He he, he had. I mean, he the, the the book on him coming up was that he had a shot. Yeah. But but I mean, he was not going to. He was going to develop it to, to you know for the NHL or whatever. But so he had skills offensively. So maybe that's kind of coming out a little bit. Yeah, I heard that with him it was always great shot, slow feet. But you throw him out there with like Pareko, you don't really notice him being too slow because he you know usually hangs back pretty well, and Pareko is really good about getting back when he jumps up in the rush. Except yeah. for uh, except for um, Johansson's goal. Oh yeah, well, that, that was yeah. That's yeah, Pareko was totally gassed at that point, and it was the one bad read that he made. I, I think in the entire series, and uh, it's so unfortunate the timing for it. But you know they they were trying to take a risk to get you know yeah. take control of the game and you know to take the lead back, and it blew up in their face. I saw but, yeah, no, I saw it was I saw. No, I was gonna say I saw it was Pareko coming back. I thought oh he he'll get him. And yeah. he didn't. And I'm like, yeah, he didn't get him. Yeah. Well, I also thought Alan's read on that, on the move. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know what else uh, Johansson was going to do there. So, yeah, um, I, it wasn't, it was just a, you know, kind of a, a poor play all around for the blues. Um, but, you know, Edmondson was, was awesome. I mean, had uh, some huge goals uh, in, like you guys said, not expecting him to be a scorer at uh, at the NHL level. He's got a shot, but you know, he doesn't. Not not the kind of guy that you expect to to drive uh, the offense from the defense. And so he was awesome. Thought Schwartz had a great, uh, you know, at least second round. Um, I don't know. And you know, uh, who else I thought had a great playoff, and I'm, I'm not trying to be cheesy, was Mike Yo. Yeah, I really like the way he coached in the playoffs. I think he did a lot of right things. The only, I mean, obviously, I already questioned him with the Steen move, but outside of that, um, you know, he he didn't he didn't really ever. I, I always felt like with Hitchcock, even though the guys won a cup, and it, again, I've always been a he, uh, he won a cup twenty fucking years ago. <laughs> well, I always felt like he would get rattled, like. They, the other team would score a goal, and he'd be like, uh, change every line. Change every single line we have, including the defensive pairings. And Yo yeah. did that because all, co- all coaches do that. But it just wasn't as crazy of changes. It was, okay, let's uh, move Tarasenko to this line, and let's switch him with this guy. And it was right. just subtle right. changes. Exactly. And and uh, the pairings usually stayed the same. I don't think he changed them at all during the playoffs, did he? I can't remember if he did or not. I don't think he did. And he never, you know, obviously the Blues never got blown out, but he never yanked Allen to do a momentum swift. I mean, he just seemed like he trusted his team to do the right things. He he coached well. Matchups were always great. Um, I don't think they took one too many men penalty, which a lot of people no, they did. Coach. They one. did. They took one. They one. Yeah, they had one. That's yeah. right. That's right. That it took they had, one. They had one in the playoffs, they had, and they, of course they brought up the fact that the Blues led the league in that in, right. in the season. Yeah, they had well, one. A lot of that's Hitchcock. It was the um, it was the power play where um, during uh, game three. <laughs> that's my, that's You're my right. It's my asshole cat. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to send my uh, speedo dog over there to take care of him? Please do. He's 
He literally just knocked everything off my desk because I'm not paying attention to him. <laughs> dicks. Anyway, uh, no, I was I was saying that the um, that too many men on the uh, ice penalty negated the Blues. Uh, what could have been the get back into a power play uh, after the. Uh, a horrible, horrible call in game three that spun the momentum um, uh, entirely in Nashville's favor. Um, you know, the, the Blues had a chance to get back into it and they take a too many men penalty. And, you know, I, I don't know. It, to me, it was a 50-50 call, but uh, as to if you're going to call it a, a too many men penalty. But, uh, yeah, they, they did. And I think that completely changed. I think you guys are right that it completely changed after uh, Hitchcock was gone. We didn't see that. And uh, I don't know. What, just one more reason to say good fucking riddance, Hitch. Yeah, one, one more thing about you, and I think I mentioned this two weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating, is the fact that I feel like with Hitchcock, maybe it was their friendship, I don't know, I feel like, oh, I, I, again, this is complete speculation. I don't have any insider knowledge, but um, I feel like with, with guys that have big contracts that maybe GMs are considering trying to move in the offseason, I feel like a lot of times GMs will say, you have to play this guy. I don't care if you're throwing him on the fourth line. You have to play him because if you scratch him, we won't be able to get shit for him. And – I feel like Hitchcock did that. I mean, Yori Laterra dogged it for years, multiple po- stretches of the season, yet he was playing every single game under Hitchcock. Same thing with Carl Gunnarsson. Mike Yo steps in, all of a sudden, Yori Laterra is getting healthy scratched. Carl Gunnarsson's getting five, six, seven, eight minutes a game. I mean, he's not afraid to say, listen, this guy's not helping us, so I'm not going to play him. And I commend the hell out of that because I think there are maybe 15 coaches in the NHL that would do that. And Mike Yo is one of them. So I'm very glad to see that because we all know, and we all talk about it, the bad contracts on this team, it's not affecting his coaching style. He's going to say, you're not going to play for me. Then you're not going to play. And he benched Laterra in the playoffs, which was, I was like, that was fantastic. I thought he should have been a little bit uh, another game or two, but, um, yeah, at yeah. least one game. So that was that was something. Yeah, I mean, the bad side of that is the fact that, honestly, his trade value is nothing. But I think we can all agree, if we can get a seventh-round pick for that guy, we'll be jumping for joy. <clears throat> I would take nothing for him. Yeah. I would, too. I, like I well, said, I'd still put the guy on waivers. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. Well, I, I don't think that uh, Armstrong expects for there to be any kind of movement on his front. Um, you know, the comment he made today to, to KMOX was – you know, they're going to try to give him some uh, give him some ideas as far as how he can come back and be better next season. And I wonder, you know, I wonder with him if it's not a, a lack of uh, stamina and uh, endurance conditioning that he just he always looks gassed at the end of every damn shift. Yeah, he does. And, you know, maybe they should you know try to get him into running marathons or something, something to build up his endurance because he is. Did, well, that did you guys did you guys hear what Yo said about Latero's quickness? No, no, no. It was, it was it, they mentioned they mentioned on on TV on the broadcast. They said that he is one of the quicker players on the team. Bull crap. That's what was said. From it was from the bench from, over the boards. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, from, going, going from his skates, skates to his butt when someone hits him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have, I have honestly seen him keep up with Tarasenko. His first season, he wasn't as quick, but he could at least float with Tarasenko. He was always right there with him. I feel like the last two years, he's far behind the play. Maybe he's right. And, you know, when Perron uh, first joined the NHL, he had a diet problem. He was a, a kid from northern uh, Saskatchewan? Quebec. Quebec. Northern yeah. Quebec. You're right. Frenchy. Frenchy. Uh, yeah, Frenchy boy. Uh, northern Quebec, who had never learned how to eat correctly. I mean, I, I can tell you from experience, one time after a Blues game, I don't know if I've told the story in the show or not, back when I was in college and, and you know, it was uh, cheap to go to games. It was 2005, 2006, 2007 time when <laughs> Awful. They, they were literally just giving tickets away, the Blues were. Um we went to the McDonald's out off. I don't remember where it was, which one it was. We'd been drinking. And uh, Mr. David Perron was in line in front of us. And I was like, guys, I think that's David Perron. And my friends were like, no, 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 it's not. Then he orders three double cheeseburgers. <laughs> and all my friends are like, yeah, there's no way. And I'm like, guys, that's him. And when he turned around, it was clearly him. I mean, we all know he has a very distinguishable face. The guy didn't know how to eat. He had never been trained how to properly eat and condition. I don't know. I know Yori's a little older, but maybe it's the same thing for him. Maybe they're going to get him on a regime this summer, and he'll come out a rejuvenated player next year. It's a little late yeah. for that. He's been uh, well, how long? No, I, I mean, I, I think if it, if it's a matter of endurance and stamina, I, I think that it is. it can come down to off-season training. Um, and, uh, I, I'm hoping that's the case. Cause I, I don't see any, any way, um, you know, unless the blues just straight up decide to wave them, like, you know, Jeff has proposed that, uh, he's not going to be a part of this team. Um, you know, I, I just, it's, it seems like it's bound to happen. Yeah. Was... I think he's here for the long haul. I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be gone. I mean, I, for one, the only way it happens and because the Blues made the playoffs and made the second round, it's not going to, and we can get into that in a second. But because Doug Armstrong is still his team's GM, him waiving him would be an admission of fault, mm-hmm. and he's not going to do that. So it's just not going to happen. The only way it happens is if they get a new GM, and he comes in and cleans house. So what's does anybody know what Armstrong's contract situation is? Is it up? Is he is does he have to re up at this point or do, I don't it's not do up. They don't know. They don't, do they disclose that? Do they disclose that stuff? You never hear about that. I stuff. I thought I thought a couple years ago when they uh, you know I know Hitch has been on um, you know year by year contracts uh, the last couple of seasons. Okay, um, but Blue, I thought Blue Armstrong signed, yeah he's, he's contract two thousand eighteen right yeah uh, so one more year one more year. My so are we do do we want to get into the the full season wrap yet or are we gonna so do we want to move into that yet or we want to wait? Uh, well, the, the players that well, I guess we're talking about that now. The players that underachieved, uh, Perron, yeah. Berglund, um, yeah. playoffs or full season? Is that what you're talking about? Playoffs, yeah, the playoffs, playoffs mainly. Playoffs. Berglund, you know, for me, he had. I've been a Berglund apologist for years. He. Uh, he usually, to me, has had great playoffs, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. He flip-flopped this year, which yeah. Yeah. I want him to have the mid-ground. I want him to just 
be decent throughout the, the regular season and then have a decent playoff. Don't switch. Just just be in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Berglund, Berglund just just he had a really great stretch run. He was dominant. He was power, you know, he he seemed like a power forward. He was making great moves to the neutral zone, getting some great zone entries, and then just stopped once the playoffs rolled around. And yeah, it was it was all of the old cliche uh, criticisms of him came true at the wrong time. So he was terrible. Perron, you know, just he proved that he is an offensive zone penalty taking specialist. Um, God, he was he just that last game. He should not have been in the lineup. He was just god awful terrible. I uh, Matera. I'm I'm not a David Perron fan. That that guy. I, I am. I just get infuriated when he's in the lineup, and he's in every freaking night. Here's yeah, a, he he was one of uh, he and Berglund uh, were what one of three three guys on this team that played all eighty two. I'm not. I just don't understand it. I get that he's got. He has some of the most amazing skill offensively that I've ever seen. To be honest, in a Blues uniform, he does, but. He he doesn't he holds on to the puck far too long. He's and he takes offense his own penalties constantly. Yeah. And he's always getting himself out of position. He gets himself out of scoring areas by trying to stick handle too much. Everyone who said that he's a changed player, maybe he was, but he went right back to his old habits when he rejoined yeah. blues. Well, I, he had, I thought he, he had, had he had a good run. Uh, during right. the, I thought he had a, a very solid regular season, and it just when when it came Until, down to crunch time, uh, yeah. last, last like twenty games or so, I don't think he I, he kind of tailed off in the season. I think, but he had a, I, overall, yeah, regular season. I thought he was very good. Yeah, um, I I thought he was good. I didn't think he was very good. He had a stretch of about he had like was it ten points in fifteen games or something like that. Uh, was playing well. Uh, but then it kind of disappeared late in the season and the playoffs, uh, we know what happened. I mean, um, you can, I hate to quote uh, uh, Burt Reynolds from Mystery Alaska here, but you can, you can put up points. Doesn't mean you have a good game. I don't, uh, I just, for most of the season, even when he would score one or two goals, he would turn the puck over constantly by trying to make some stupid pass or stick handle too much. And it just drove me crazy. And I'm, I could not be happier to be rid of him, but we got one one more year with him, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is he? Well, I I don't know. Is he uh, potentially uh, a target for Vegas in the expansion draft? I don't think so. You know, I've been saying it's Yakupov, but I found out he's actually not eligible. He didn't yeah. play enough games. Didn't play yeah, enough so games. I, I think yes, it's going to be Ashton. Yeah, it's going to yes, be Ashton for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm okay with that at this point. I, I thought the last couple of games he showed flashes of greatness, especially game five. I mean, he he sparked the team in game five, and he made a couple of moves in game six coming off the boards and penetrating that the blue, none of the other Blues seemed willing to try. And, it, you know, but he's, he's at this point in his career, he seems pretty uh, – it, not to use, not to steal David Perron's term, but enigmatic. Uh, Perron is under contract next season for three point seven five mil, 
and then his UFA after that. I mean, for what he can bring your team, that's not a bad price. No. But I just think the the the, the negatives far outweigh the positives with him. Yaskin makes a million. So he's that's a desirable price, I guess. So for Vegas. Yeah, well, they also have to get to the floor, so Right. That's true. That's and why after- I'm that's why I'm hoping they look at the Blues last and they say, oh, we got to get about five more million dollars. Hey, that Jay Bullmeister guy. Look at that. Yeah. That's five million right there. Yep. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm hoping. But it's not yeah. going to happen. No. No, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. I, I Just so, so, so frustrating still just to think you know, how uh, a few different bounces and a few different decisions in that series. Ah. Yeah. I, the th- the problem I had, the, the frustrating thing for me in the series against Nashville, not to jump back on that, but it, it was really frustrating for me is that it seems like every time there was a, a bad call or a very questionable call that went against the blues, the Predators scored on that power play. The, 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 two, the, the two in game one, the two iffy calls, the one, the bad call, uh, or Prong goes through the crease and 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 uh, Rene backs into him and falls down, and then the 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 where Brodziak's just play, making a hockey play and then slashes Subban's stick and it breaks in half. Which if it didn't break, it's, it's a regular little hockey play. Um, right. And and the, the, they scored on both those. And, and then and the that, Ryan Reeves was, one. And the Ryan Reeves right. one. Yeah. Um, so that 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 this that was bad luck. I, I would chalk that up to another one. Another really bad call I would throw too is the the game one where um, uh, Edmund I think it was Edmondson and Subban both got uh, taken off for that the hit and then the embellishment. I don't was, think Edmondson deserved that, anything for that. That was that was game uh, game, game three. Two. No, that was game three. That was the same game as Dia Reeves. I thought uh, that was in St. Louis. Yeah, no, that was Nashville. No, no, whatever. Anyway, that I thought that was crap. I thought Subban deserved embellishment, and that was it because that was just a hit. If if Subban doesn't turtle, well, that's just a hit, and that's not a penalty. But the, the, Subban acted like he was getting a headshot. The broadcast guys they they were of the exact opposite opinion, and it, it ticked me off. Right. They were like they were saying they, they, they wouldn't. They, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why Subban got an embellishment. He got attacked there. I'm like, it's like yeah, he's well, rolling. Was, he's, uh, yeah, it was. It was yeah, the he got hit. Take the hit. You're a man. He got hit, but he does not. He's not hurt. That's the thing. He got yeah. hit. He got hit. So what? He's not hurt. Right. And um, I get hit in roller hockey. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, the one of the I don't. I think it was. It may. Have, it was either uh, on the forecheck or maybe Jared Lynn, one of the Nashville um, uh, hockey tweeters uh, today, talking about. Uh, how Subban had to go to the locker room, uh, even though he got the, the embe- embellishment penalty, he couldn't serve his penalty because he had to go get checked on because he was injured from that play. So equipment, you know, yeah, no, they they were saying that it was it wasn't okay. equipment. It was it was because he was injured and the no way he was embellishing. But then he wouldn't have got fined. Right, exactly, and that that's what they were responding to was the announcement that the NHL had, had fined him. And so, they're, they're, the point is they're still incredulous that, you know, that that was ever called. So speaking of that, you, and, and again, I, we can 
wrap this up with the with the playoffs here in a second. But um, the Rene, you mentioned it, Kurt. The Rene game one where Perron slid through the crease and Rene yep. went down like he'd been shot in the head by a sniper. Um, why is a goalie completely exempt from getting an embellishment? Uh, first of all, embellishment penalty, but embellishment fine. They've never fined a goalie, I believe, correct? They, they're allowed to, but they never they have. They just haven't. And, yeah. and to me, goalies take advantage of it more oh. than anyone else on the rink. Anybody who backs so, into a goalie, they fly, arms fly. And they just back. let them. And that's, yeah. that's why they do it. That's why goalies are constantly doing that because, one, the referees never call them, and, two, the NHL doesn't fine them. There needs to be something done about that because – that is think, really making it hard for players to crash I, the net. And what this league wants is more goals. So people need to be crashing the net. I bet you the reason why they do it is because they don't want uh, players to think that they can, they want to protect the goalies at all costs. And if they, oh, well, goalies, and if they start calling embellishment penalties on goalies, players might think that there's a little more, oh, okay, well, we can go in there and not get penalized, and they might get an embellishment instead. The just, they contradict themselves constantly. If that's I, the I, case, I, I, they I need to be you. looking at it and saying, hey, yeah, we don't want people running the goalie, but at the same time, we want more goals. So this kind of tic-tac-y crap where the goalies are getting away with diving, that needs to stop. I agree. Agreed. Good, good. I'm about to yell at you. <laughs> I, I, I was asked on the, on the radio uh, on, on 590 uh, two Fridays ago uh, uh, on, the, on the mole hole. He asked me uh, – why are goal? Why why is a goalie not allowed to be hit outside the crease? And he goes, he leaves the crease. He goes, he goes in the crease. I get it. He goes outside the crease. Why can't you hit him? And I'm like, it's always been that way. Yep. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best reason. I, 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 you can't because I, I I what I said was I think players uh, will defend their goalie like it's their little brother, and if, and if you touch a goalie, they're all over you. I think if you had guys, you know, checking goalies outside the crease, I think you'd have brawls on the ice. And oh, I think, I think so too. Yeah. That's that's an uh, an interesting insight from a guy whose younger brother was a goalie, and anytime he got touched, <laughs> Kurt would wipe up the penalty box for five ten minutes. <laughs> well, you know, it's family. Hey, I, I hear you, brother. <laughs> I'm the same way. I uh, anyone touches my goalie, still in old in old men hockey, and I still uh, I still get heated. Yeah, me too. Well, when it's your brother too, it's, it's a whole different story. It's oh, it's not just my goalie; it's my brother. <laughs> yep. So, I, I I do the same for you, Bill. If it hits you, don't worry about it. Bill, if anyone looked at you cross-eyed, I would do that. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, funny because it's funny because I you know goalies would hack and whack the guys in front of them, and my brother was known to do that. He would he'd hit a guy, and uh, he'd cup check a guy, and then they'd be, and they turn around and hit him, and oh crap, here we go. Yeah, I I was never known for doing that. And, uh, yeah, right. Sure. Never, never. I, oh, I was. Oh I was, no, never, never, <laughs> never, never. Just some <laughs> stupid English pig with no brain. <laughs> uh, uh, we yeah. I you know what we need I, more you know gratuitous slap shot quotes on this podcast. I got whacked plenty uh, when I was standing in front of the goalie trying to screen him. I I, I expected it. Now I didn't expect to get my ankle broken, or you know, but still. So we've quoted uh, we've quoted Mystery Alaska, we've quoted Slapshot, 
Now we got to quote Mighty Ducks, right, Cake Eaters? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to say, I think the, the missing link here is Youngblood. Oh, of course. <laughs> you want to go, pretty boy? What was one of uh, Keanu Reeves' two lines? <laughs> uh, she do it to me last week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What about uh, Happy Gilmore went on the on the ice? Uh, what friends can listen to Endless Love in the dark? Do you always carry a puck around in your pocket? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not quite the hockey movie that the others are. No, no. Okay, so was this a successful season, guys? Uh, yes, because Hitchcock's gone. Goodbye, Hitch. <laughs> Um, I, I would love to go, but I, I, I mine's going to, uh, mine's going to probably be like a radio rant level. So I don't know if you want me to go first or not. I'm, I'm done with mine. All right. We, All right. we, we got, we got rid of, we got rid I'll of just, pitch. I'm I'll kick happy. Back here. All, All right. right. You guys, you guys kick back and enjoy the rant. Um, right. and, uh, it's going to be a shorter one. I won't, I won't take up everyone's time. I won't go for 30 minutes. Put, put those back on Kurt. Take his earphones off. That's not cool. Take a nap. Watch watch the show. <laughs> uh, so all that I have to say is, um, you know, a lot of people have been saying that uh, this team is or this this season is a success because um, it's uh, they they got farther than than they should have. They made it to the second round, and I'll agree with that. Um, so so let's talk about the positives real quick. Yeah, they they made it farther than they should have. Uh, they went to the second round of the playoffs, which is huge. Um, Playoff Huge. revenue is great. Yeah, playoff revenue is great for Tom Stillman and the Blues. So, so that's fantastic. I'm happy for that. I'm happy for the roster as a whole. I know we just did a lot of complaining about some guys, but as a whole, they came together under Mike Yo and and showed that they can be a contender level type of hockey team. And I love that. Um, they rallied around each other, and it was great. Uh, but I will say and this is all going to fall back on something I complain about every week, I will say that even though this team was not supposed to be a playoff team in my eyes, um, this all goes on the GM. And the fact that people and, and the majority of fans are hanging their hats on, well, hey, it was a success because we went farther than we were supposed to go. Now, as the roster goes and the coaching staff goes, yeah, that's a success. Good for them. But for the organization as a whole, this entire year was a huge step back in my eyes. I don't care what they said going into the year. I don't care what Armstrong said after he traded Shattenkirk. This was a step back for this organization. And and the fact that, that nobody, not nobody, but a lot of people aren't recognizing that, you went to the third round last year. Then you're going to have a quote-unquote transition year? What teams do that? That they were closer last year than they've been. Uh, Two thousand one was the last time they went to the third round, but they won more games. So they they this is the farthest they've been in 30, 40 years, and then they have a transition year. Uh, that to me speaks to the ineptitude of the GM. Uh, there are way too many players under bad contracts, which we talk about every single week, uh, and that continues to happen. I like Saboka. I think he had a, a, a great playoff, but you're going to go ahead and sign this guy to three years when you haven't seen him play. I mean, in, in years, 
Now, granted, again, he had a great playoff. Maybe this contract works out. But to me, it's just another example of Doug Armstrong getting excited or involved and just being like, oh, we got this guy. Now we got to sign him to a big contract. And and that's what he did with Bo Meester. That's what he did with Matera. All these guys. And to me, it's it, you just can't build a franchise that way. And unless they – we've talked about this. If they keep Armstrong as a GM, find a way in the budget to get a capologist or maybe another advisor to the GM that will help him to stop making moves like this because I feel like they're headed in the wrong direction still. Even after a year where they were a transition year and went to the second round, I still think they're taking major steps back. And uh, maybe that's just the pessimistic Blues fan in me who has watched this team lose every year. I did not think they were going to win the Cup, but it'd be nice if this team, when they take a step forward, they continue taking steps forward. And I don't feel like this franchise under this regime is going to do that. Well, they can't, they can't hire a capologist because they have to pay Brodeur and McInnes and Hall and yeah, all the former greats. That, that right. They got to get those outward-facing guys locked up. So, Nobody who actually so, knows what they're doing. No offense to those guys. <laughs> well, well, so what is mm. McInnes bringing? If McInnes is being paid by this team, what is he bringing at this point? I mean, I, he doesn't do... He doesn't do interviews that I've seen. He he doesn't do you know a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of press anymore. Um, I mean, is he is he the guy that's going out and getting you know corporations to buy uh, buy stuff, you know, buy ticket packages? I, I don't know. I, I so I, and of course we don't we have no idea what they're paying him, but I don't know. if if he's going to be a part of this organization, shouldn't he say something sometime? I. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt, and I think uh, 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 Lance from the Drop Podcast has joined us, and it sounds like he's making, making out with his microphone. You there, Lance? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I just, we can hear, <laughs> hear you uh, getting ready to go on the air, I guess. Well, my stupid chair is making noises. Ah. <laughs> Jeff and I are on the same page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Lance, uh from the Drop Podcast, welcome to the show. Uh in a nutshell, uh you want to uh follow up with Jeff's comment and and was this a successful season? Well, um I don't think it was and it's funny that a lot of what Jeff is saying I said on my season review podcast today which I called the good, the bad and the ugly. I think a lot of this falls on Doug Armstrong. I think uh, a lot of people aren't thinking of this, but the Blues may have been in a better position if they if would they have didn't just make the playoffs. Well, no, if if they would have hired um, Mike Yo and not re-signed Ken Hitchcock for that last supposed year that he was going to retire and go off and you know to the to the far north or whatever, and you know back in last November. Um, there was a few people that uh, and one of them was uh, Barry Melrose that was saying that he knew for a fact that Ken Hitchcock was not going to retire. And then he wanted to coach a couple more years, but we were fed that line of crap because Doug Armstrong and Ken Hitchcock are so close. And, you know, they wanted to give him his one last year. I think this team 
you know, would have been better off if they would have just not signed Ken Hitchcock to that final year, let Coach Mike come in, start coaching these guys up at the beginning of the season. Would they have went farther in the playoffs? I don't know, but I think it would have been a more competitive team in the first half of the season. And I'm with Jeff that I'm going to be, I'm, I'm really losing faith and not sure if Stillman actually wants to win because I think one way to win is to get rid of um, Doug Armstrong. You, you know, that's the one constant that's been going besides Ken Hitchcock. And you've, he's not made smart moves. The, the big, uh, stupid uh, Yori Laterra contract. And then I think he overpaid for Jay Bomeister. And I think he overpaid for Paul Stasny. I like Paul Stasny. He's a good player, but he is not a number one center that's going to dish that puck to Tarasenko and is going to get 25 to 30 goals himself. It's just not going to happen. So, and, and to uh, a nice segue in from what you said, Lance, uh, to Nick Jr. Uh, uh, sent me a message today saying that they, he was going to join the show, but he, they couldn't. But he said uh, for this portion of the show, uh, his comments for the season were, we've wasted another year of Tarasenko's prime by not having a true number one center with him or enough scoring depth to keep teams from just covering Tarasenko all the time from Nick Jr. Right, and, and, and the problem with that, too, is, is it's, it's May 10th, and we already know he's not going to have number one center next year, right? There's the way the contracts are set up, and there's no, there's no room. And, and that's, right. that, again, falls on the GM, the fact that well, it, we, have, we have an elite sniper in the NHL. Imagine if Ovechkin had went this long without an elite center next to him. I mean – Washington would be – fans would be storming into the building, putting – I guess it was GM, GM, who was the GM back then, right? George McPhee? Yep. <laughs> they would have put it, his head on a pike if he didn't have a number one center at this point. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I think, you know, we – as of tonight, we – you know, I think we talked about this a little bit before the show started, that uh, the the Ovechkin era uh, may be drawing to a quick close uh, with yeah. a, yet another failure. And he was a little bit guilty on the uh, insurance goal that uh, Washington yeah. uh, gave up tonight. Um, well, he but, was uh, on the first one too, the first goal. He was uh, – it was his guy. He lost yeah. his guy and uh, didn't, didn't uh, get the stick check in time. Yeah, so – yeah. Condolences, Washington. Um, Chad and Kirk, Oshie, thanks for continuing the legacy. Um, but I think, you know, for, for the Blues, you know, overall, yeah, I, I, I agree completely with uh, with your guys' assessment of Doug Armstrong. You know, we, we've covered it ad nauseum that uh, the, the contracts to, to Bowmeister, to Laterra, um, and, you know, even, you know, the, the Berglund extension is a little questionable, you know, at this point. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I thought Berglund's regular season was great. His playoffs sucked. Just it's the timing of when Doug Armstrong hands out contracts is just so suspect. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, at this point, you know, I, I think you're right, Jeff, that, you know, it's here we are, you know, in May and we know we're not going to have that number one center. The only way we wind up getting a number one center is if Doug Armstrong happens to, you know, catch a, another GM on a drunk day, you know, it's, you know, it, it's just not going to happen there. You know, the, the, the league, there's not enough player movement 
Um, and, uh, you know, it, unless you've got a GM who's looking to, you know, completely spite a player uh, who's, you know, who doesn't have a no movement clause that excludes movement to the blues, it, it, nobody's going to come in and be that number one center. Um, I mean, do you think Matt Duchesne's better than Paul Stasny? Because Colorado's going to blow shit up this summer. Um, are we going to be able to get anybody off Colorado? Well, we've, we've had this conversation that, that even if Matt Duchesne does come to the Blues, which I don't think there's any possibility of that happening, you know that does happen. I don't. I don't see him and Tarasenko meshing. They don't seem like the type of guys that would play well together on the same line. He needs, I hate to make this, 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 this comparison. He needs his Adam Oates. And I don't think Matthew Shane is an Adam Oates. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And I don't think that Matthew Shane is a better center than Paul Stassen. No, and I, I, I don't, think there's an Adam Oates out there, even somebody 75% of an Adam Oates out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to say actually Adam Oates, but like, oh, I know. you know, Ovechkin has Backstrom. Uh, Perry even has Getzlaff, you know. I know they're, these are aging guys, but th- there's just nobody even close to that that the Blues will be able to get, one, just to get, and then two, to be able to afford with the contracts they have. The only thing that could save us, and again, this is a pipe dream by 30 teams fans is that Vegas steps in and says, we got to take a high price guy. Who's who is there in St. Louis? Stastny, Laterra, and Bo Meester. All right, let's, let's take one of those guys. That's the only way this would happen. But again, I think we're all in agreement now that Yashkin's probably going to be the guy to go, but if it's not Yashkin, it's going to be somebody who's not, working under a bloated contract. That's not going to happen, but that's pretty much the only way the Blues can get out of one of these contracts at this point. You know, the the the, the problem with the not having the number one center is that when we got Laterra, we, we signed him, the thought was, that's the guy. He can work with Tarasenko. Um, they mesh, and it worked for a while. But then Armstrong gets crazy and gives him that contract way too soon. And now Latera is not the guy we thought he was, and we're kind of screwed. And that's even, a big deal. Even before that, con- I remember that. Even before that contract was signed, Bill and I—I I don't know if it was on this show or if we were just talking in general—but we and, and Kurt, you were there too. I remember Bill saying, "That's far too soon." Oh yeah. And and, and the two of us going, "Yeah," like, and that was. After. I was mad. He had, he had already started slumping. I was angry. He was slumping hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're going to sign a guy who is just in his rookie year slumped for about half the season? Yeah. I remember saying, why? What? F-? They signed a con- They gave me an extension. What for? Why yeah. now? Why now? Made no that sense. Was, there's got to be some untold reason why that happened. Uh, because. Well, I- that was I can tell you, I can crazy. Tell you the reason. I don't think Doug Armstrong is a great judge of talent personally. I think if somebody may have a flash here and there and he gets too excited and he signs these guys to these big contracts at the wrong time. And, you know, a lot of people also got to look back at the um, draft last year. 
he had offers on the table that were better than Curtis Sanford and the other player that they got. Curtis Curtis Sanford. (laughs) He he should have he should have been able to get something better, and that just started the whole process of the season going down the hill. They don't have any money. They're going to have to pay Pareko more money. And I keep hearing all this talk of, oh, oh, she's coming back, and we're going to get nah. this thing. Oh, guys God, back. no. There's no way that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, the Blues have said in one of the press conferences that they are set for next year, that they're confident in next year. Well, I know they're not going to say they're not confident, but come on. You know, don't try to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. This team is going to be about the same team as they were this year. Right. You yeah. add in you add in Robbie Fabry, a healthy Robbie Fabry. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this team gets to the third round this year. But again, you know, I, I my thought earlier that the you know they looked like a team that was running out of gas. You know, can can one player who can add scoring depth make that big a difference? Well, I think that there's gonna be some guys and, and I hate to to give the blues credit here, but I think there are going to be some guys that are going to step up and and be contributors. I think Jordan Schmaltz might make a step forward. Ivan Barbashev, I think, is going to be a, a full time player next year. There's yeah. going to be a couple guys I think that are going to step in. What about what about, Zach, a, what about Zach Sanford? Zach Sanford, yeah, he's going to. I think he's going to be step in and, and be a regular contributor. Um, I think that there are guys in place that are going to give them a, a little bit more of an edge as long as they stay healthy. But at the same time, this team made the playoffs, again, not including that 2009 disaster against the Canucks. They made, they've made the playoffs every year now since 2012, and they've been contenders. Everyone's considered them a contender up until this year, every year. But they don't seem to get over that hump. They're, they're the Sharks. They're the Capitals. They're that team every year that, that's kind of in the same spot. And even this year, with all we've seen from the Capitals, and I know they just lost in the second round again, (laughs) but you see the Capitals striding to get better every year. They're making moves. They're adding one more piece. They're, they're, They're making this move. They're signing this guy. They're trading that guy away. They're doing stuff to at least work to try to get better. Nashville. They're, they're, they're never, yeah, yeah, Nashville. Right. You yes. never see that with the Blues. They they either stay stagnant or they get worse. They're moving significant parts in and out. They're not right. they're not making these minor little dinky fourth line, third line changes. They're making significant right. changes. Right. Armstrong's big moves were, you know, uh, the Eric Johnson, Kevin Shattenkirk, and uh, Ryan Miller. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Miller and none of those seem to work out so well. Well, Shattenkirk worked out great for years. And then, you know, uh, hello, Zach Sanford. That's all we've got to show for a first round. Pick. Yeah. I mean, you got a first figure, overall pick. You got to figure now. I mean, I hate to say this because it's, it's, you know, you can do this with any trade in NHL history. Now I think the winner is Colorado of that trade and, and everybody, and I'm not trying to say they shouldn't have made that trade. I think, they had every right uh, to make that trade. I think Washington but, won that trade. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but they, they didn't now because they're not going to get Shattenkirk back. Right, that's yeah, true. True, but um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think Colorado wins that trade now because 
They still everybody have Eric Johnson? Years. Yeah, for years, everybody said the Blues stole that trade. Then it seemed to even out once uh, uh, Johnson started to come into his own a little more. And, and Stewart now, burned out. And Stewart burned out. And now it's it's got to be Colorado was the winner of that trade. So for what everybody said was a steel trade that made Doug Armstrong a genius GM, he's not the winner of that trade anymore. How how long do you, how long do you go with that though? I mean, how long was that? That was a long time ago. I mean, oh, how 2011, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like I mean, how no, long? It's it's, how long? it's 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 ancient history. But yeah, you could do that with any trade in NHL history. It's it's not fair to say that. I'm just saying that right. his one genius move, it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and the well, other it's, genius it's, it's move, like, it's just like most trades. You know, you're not going to see the true fruition of them and how good they are for each team for three, four years down the road, five years sometimes. And it just came to fruition that Shattenkirk wasn't as good as everybody thought, you know, that he would, that he was. And uh, Chris Stewart, of course, is gone now from that trade. So it's it, it not worked out. So the, uh, we can, I mean, we talked about Yo, we talked about Sabotka, um, a little bit about Berdur, uh not returning as the goalie coach. Um, and we talked about the expansion draft a little bit about who we think the Blues are are going to lose. I think the general consensus is Yaskin. Yeah. Um, the Blue and the, the Blues have said that they're going to um, be protecting seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goaltender. Mm-hmm. So, and Vegas must select fourteen forwards, nine defensemen, and three goaltenders. So, so, so real real quick before we get into this, my one issue with losing Yaskin is that. Him and Barbashev are best friends. Right. So I'm I'm hoping that if that does happen, it doesn't make Barbashev say, well, I signed with you guys because one of my best friends was there, so I'm going to go back to the KHL. I don't think that's going to happen, but it does. He was like a security blanket for me with Barbashev because I think Barbashev is going to be great. Hmm. So with, with Yashkin gone, that security blanket's gone, so it does make me a little more weary about that. Yeah, well, I thought that Barbashev really, uh, you know, just he he had already eclipsed Yaskin as far as oh. a, a yeah. you know, somebody that we could count on as a contributor to this team, uh, sure. you know, after he got his call up. So I, I don't know. I, I I think that's that's more of a minor worry than anything else. I mean, who so in terms of the expansion draft, is there, you know, is there, you know, one guy that you fear could get lost in this that that would be just god awful that if we lost yeah I, well i don't know who they're going to protect but I, I mean out of guys they aren't going to protect that possibly keep in mind fabry does not need to be protected yeah yeah i, I no i, I mean I, the guys that they're going to protect they're going to protect the guys that Anybody that they're not going to protect, I don't think it would be a huge. So, do you think who, as far as the defensemen go, uh, who's who's protected? Is it Petro, Pareko, and Edmondson? Um, let's see. I'm loading up the deal here. Uh, I think that's okay. That's probably it. I mean, because if they lose, they're not going to protect Paul Meester because no one's going to take him. Um, you're not going to protect Gunnarsson because no one's going to take him. Um, Bortuzzo, maybe. 
but it really becomes between Bortuzzo and Edmondson. And to me, I think they're going to go with, uh, they're going to go with Edmondson. I think he's got a little more of an upside. Yeah, yeah, this the, cap friendly. Have you seen the, the site that yeah. has the, the, okay. They don't have uh Pareko on here. Oh, really? No. Oh, so is he, I, wait a minute. He might not be eligible. Yeah. I think he's, yeah. I think he's exempt. Yeah, okay, so exactly. okay, yeah. So there you go. So they and they've got uh let's see, uh, probably Edmondson. They got Bowmaster being protected. Why would you ever do that? I yeah. you know what? I honestly could see them doing it. Why? Because Armstrong and he loves I, Bowmaster. I, I, I protect I'd protect I'd protect uh Lindbaum. Yeah, I would I, I would protect I, Lindbaum over Bowmeister. I protect I, Lindbaum, Edmondson, and Petrangelo. I would getting rid of that shitty contract. <laughs> I just I I think that and I'm hoping that that all 30 other GMs know this. You can leave your high-priced players like that. I mean, maybe not obviously not like a Tarasenko or an Ovechkin or a Crosby, but your high-priced players that are like mid-level guys, you can leave those guys unprotected. It's probably about 95% sure they're not going anywhere. Here's the forwards that they got uh, being protected. Um Tarasenko, Stasny, Steen, Schwartz, Laterra, Perron, Berglund. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, I don't either. So, I, so, nope. so, so they're going to leave Sabotka, the guy they just signed? Unprotected? Well, Sabotka, Sabotka is ineligible. He's exempt. Yeah. Oh, he's, exempt. he's exempt? Okay. He, hasn't, he didn't play enough games. That's, uh, that's right, the, the 40 games thing, right? Yeah, yep, he's got uh, yeah, a 30. I got the 30. Well, he they got they, he's, uh, twenty eight. Let's see, twenty eight games required to meet the exposure requirement. And he didn't make it, so mm. that's what it was. He had to play twenty eight games. You know, so what? I have a problem. I have a problem coming up with seven forwards that I would actually protect. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, you know, Reeves. That's maybe? bad. Yeah, I would. I have Reeves. Reeves, Reeves is my number three. Yeah, Reeves. I would, I, would, I would keep him protected just because that is a guy that I, I could see them taking, wanting a, a strong fourth line. Yeah. And he had a good season and a good yeah, playoffs. This is the, for the first time in his career, he played a lot in the playoffs and he, he played well. When, when he and Brodziak and Upshaw would get in on the four check, whether it was regular season or whether it was playoffs, they controlled, they dictated the tempo of games and that played, played out very well for the Blues when they were effective at doing that. You know what? I, I just made my list, and this is right off the fly. So, honestly, I you know what? Some of these guys I'm surprised I would protect. I've got uh, Petrangelo, Edmondson, and, and Bortuzzo, but I not you guys said I'd probably protect Lindbaum, actually. Uh, Allen and Nett, and then um, Tarasenko, Schwartz, Reeves, Steen, Brodziak, Stastny, and Berglund. That's my seven forwards. I... I hate yeah. to say it, you know, Stastny and, and Berglund, I don't know, but the rest of this team, I could take yeah. them or leave them. I don't yeah. care. I've got – I'm missing a forward here. I've got Tarasenko, Stasny, Steen, Schwartz, Reeves, Brodziak. <clears throat> Who's my – I need one more. I don't want – I don't want – uh, Pay RV? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Art Lippo just uh, rolled over in bed. (laughs) Right. That's, that's what I was about to say. Art Lippo, you know, how many of these guys are, you know, fit the, the description of uh, what is it? uh, The land of third liners. I'll protect, you know, I'll protect Perron. 
So yeah, like, yeah. I, that was one guy I would never even consider. Yeah, well, here, the reason why is because his contract's up next year. If I protect Berglund, his contract's up in uh, 2022. Yep. So I would, I'd rather have the flexibility after Perron's contract is up, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, at, at the time, you know, with how well Berglund seemed to be playing in the regular season, I was kind of kind of excited and kind of vindicated because I've I've always been a guy that you know has said Berglund, if you get past the expectation that he's going to be a thirty goal scorer, Berglund's a very solid player, um, but he's you know the signing of Saboka and you know just it it really we do have a, a dearth of third line players and. Why, why do you sign Saboka and Berglund to those kind of contracts? Those, those two guys are going to be competing for that third line center spot, right? No, that was so, uh, every time I've, I've tried to justify the Saboka signing to people, I say, well, we all know that the way to win the cup is to have a team of third line players, right? Lindbaum can't be. He's exempt. I figured he was. He didn't yeah. play enough games last year. Yeah, he didn't play enough games. Yeah. So I'm Bartuzzo, Edmondson, and Petrangelo on defense. Yeah, that's how I am too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I really, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like they're going to protect Bomeister. Uh, yep. So stupid. So they, stupid. They think he's a fucking perennial, no. sorry, a perennial uh, hockey player still. Even even so the hockey he, guy on stltoday.com, the hockey guy. <laughs> oh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Gordon. He, he gave, he gave Bomeister a C-, minus. so even he can see that. Yeah. Now, well, I think that's Bobby. generous giving him hey, a C minus. He's probably I getting it. Yeah, we're gonna have to throw a party if they if they do not protect him, and the Knights take him. That's yeah. gotta oh, be the biggest party ever in St. I'm, Louis. I'm telling you right now that if the Golden Knights select either Laterra, Bowmeister, or Gunnarsson, I am calling you guys. We are meeting at the Blue Note Sports Barn Grill, <laughs> and we are going to drink the night away. All right. I'm Deal. Serious. We're doing Deal. it. In our first, speedos, first round, <laughs> first round, first round is on me too. That's Second round's on me. Oh fuck! <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck! Not that the round's on you, but god damn it, Anaheim just took the lead. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, I just saw it. <laughs> For those listening tomorrow, you already know the final score. So sorry you to hear that. <laughs> so Anaheim uh, is up two to one in Game Seven with uh, sixteen thirty-nine to go. Yep. Mm. All right, move on. Yep. Uh, so next season, expectations, guys. Oh, I, uh, I about the same. I say I can't do that yet. Yeah, I, I'd say you know we've covered it already, right? Yeah, no. So yeah, the, this team, they're you know Upshaw's gone. Um, you know he's the only expiring contract. Uh, we're gonna lose some scrub to Vegas, <laughs> and. Fabry should be healthy. Um, yeah, it's you know maybe you know, a full it, season, full season with uh, you know with Barbashev uh, in the lineup. I, I mean, how impactful can he be? Uh, you know what though? I, I, I mean, this, I, this is the group. I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I agree, more or less. Uh, a couple minor tweaks, but I think uh, a full season of Allen playing very well. That that's a nice little thing to have that we didn't have for half the season this year. Yeah. So that's something. 
that if that happens. Another year of experience for Allen. Another year of experience and growth for Pareko. Uh, Edmondson too. Uh, Edmondson seemed to come to his own you know, in the playoffs big time. So, um, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the younger guys and Barbashev getting a full-time uh, spot like we talked about. There, I mean, there's a number of things with younger players that are developing and still hopefully getting better that uh, we can look forward to. Um, yeah, the high-end guys are going to stay and they're, they've peaked, plateaued, whatever. But uh, hopefully, you know, the goaltending is, I mean, goaltending is huge. Everyone knows that. And if Allen can uh, put together a, a full, solid season, like, like we talked about, uh, that's, I mean, they may have a better season than this year. Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm, I think ahead, that, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, our guest. <laughs> about Jake Allen at all. Like I said, I, I think he's going to be fine. This team just needs to score more goals. And I know that they improved in that when it came to after Coach Mike took over, but goals, I think they're going to be a better team. If they still have some problems scoring goals, and especially in the playoffs, this next May, again, about how Jake Allen stood on his head for goals, and they just ran out of gas. Yeah, I I think this team is going to be – I think they'll be more enjoyable to watch this year. I, uh, for the first half of the season, even when they were playing well, I just, again, I just couldn't believe in them. But um, with a healthy Robbie Fabry, uh, with Barbashev, with other guys stepping up and, and playing bigger roles, you know, plus you never know. I mean, I I know that I, I rag on uh, Mr. Armstrong constantly, but – he could make some splash this offseason that none of us saw coming. Vegas could, again, do something that we didn't see coming. Changes could happen. You know, there could be some big move this summer that nobody thought would come. So you never know. Uh, But I will say that if this is the team going forward, I expect a similar finish to the season with a little more consistency throughout the year with the same coach. Uh, and I finish, I figure, about a second or third round finish again. And uh, let me ask you guys, if, if that happens, second or third round, let's say second round finish again, five, six, seven games, is Armstrong still our GM the year after that? No. Mm-mm. He's, yeah. been here, he's been here a while. I think it, it, that's – no. I don't so know. Is it, is, it, is it Stanley Cup or bust? Well, I think it's conference finals are bust. Well, yep. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that his time here is probably done regardless. They're grooming Brodeur uh, and his contract's up after next year. Um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't see him staying around uh, after uh, 18 uh, regardless. Ian Baker win the Stanley Cup and, you know, he could, he could retire. You really so. think Brodeur is ready, though? Another year, and another year, I think he could be. And uh, grant, granted, Garth Snow went straight from backup goaltender to GM yeah. once. Right. Yeah, but he was—he's mm-hmm. a puppet GM for Charles did, Wang. Did you guys? Did you guys lose? Uh, who has Directv? Anybody? Uh, okay, I do. I lost signal yeah. in Game Seven. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's storming. So, um, so we should probably wrap this up soon before our signal goes out. Yeah, yeah it's so, gonna be. A, so real quick, since we don't have any um, blue social media fails, 
uh, I'll, I'll just throw a batshit crazy blues lounge type scenario out there for how Doug Armstrong can magically make something happen in this offseason. So who's the new coach of the Dallas Stars? <laughs> Ken Hitchcock. How many players looked happy to be in that photo op with Ken Hitchcock <laughs> when they announced him as coach? So the Dallas Stars players revolt in all demand trades and you know the, the Blues <laughs> Ken Hitchcock loved loved tips of Yori Laterra, and oh. magically we land Tyler Sagan for, for <laughs> Yori Laterra and a first. And then Yori Laterra goes on six. Yori Laterra goes on to score a hundred points. Ben Bishop has a breakout <laughs> breakout breakout year, and, and the Dallas, Dallas Stars, Stars goes sixteen and zero in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. I wouldn't put oh. anything past Hitch- Hitchcock. You know, he just they just traded for Ben Bishop, and he's just injured way too much. I don't. I, I wouldn't have done that myself personally. Well, I so uh, not to get too deep into worse than it, what they got. Yeah, not not to get too deep into the star situation, but the you know the fact that the fact is they're going to bring in a coach with, that's going to implement a defensive system, provided that the players buy into it. Um, and anything's an upgrade over that two-headed monster that's failed them over the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. So, so we got uh, Scott Trade Center upgrades next season. We'll have a new jumbotron, yay! Uh, and uh, when is when is the the new refrigeration system going in? Uh, I don't know, but the, there's the, everything's supposed to be done by 2018. I think they said. Woo! Thunder. Yeah! Wow. Well, it just got that. I I heard it on your end first. And just got it here. Yeah, I just got it here too. Mm. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's something to look forward to. Um. You know, I couple of, couple of games that uh, I I attended in uh, this season. It seemed like the puck bounced an awful lot, so yeah, it, it, did. it, it would be nice to have, uh, a, good ice. you know, a, a, a yeah, good ice for a change. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I would imagine the, the refrigeration system would be one of those things would go in, would go in first uh, because it, the, to have it for the start of the season and some no. of the other stuff, like some of the uh, – no, you don't think so? No, I, I think the first thing they have to do is put in new escalators or else Hitch's hat's going to kill somebody. <laughs> Just go to the bar after the game and have a few beers and wait for everybody to leave. And then, and then walk out. Uh, Gotta do. I, I, would, I would imagine the refrigeration system would go in first because that would be – you would think it would be a pain in the butt to do midseason. That's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that and Jumbotron. Yep. All the other stuff, uh, you know, in the in the concourse and stuff. Now, be... let's just hope the ticket prices don't go up. Oh, that'll happen. You know that'll happen. It, it, it's <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, the last year I had season tickets, my uh, ticket rep called me up and says, you know, we have we made such good progress. And that was the year that they lost to Vancouver in the playoffs. For sure, they'd made the playoffs in several years. He said, we've made such good such good progress um your club seats that you have for 77 dollars are only going to go up to 105 a piece is that all and, and i said yeah. really aren't I said, they well go ahead sorry go ahead no no good finish oh you go uh, and so 
so uh, they called me about two weeks before the season started and said, um, you know, uh, we really value you as a season ticket holder, and you've had season tickets for such a long time. We'll go ahead and give them to you for 80 bucks. And I said, no, thank you. I can get tickets from other people for the same price or cheaper, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, all these all these improvements uh, aren't aren't they? Am I missing something here? They shouldn't have to raise ticket prices to help pay for this. I'm, well, I guess they. Right. A lot of it's coming from taxes from the from ticket sales. Yeah. So that's yeah. way the way I understood it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, but you, you know, most of the sports teams will do that. Though. Well, I think they, they they do because they probably think they can because people come out to oh new jumbotron new improvements yeah and that will be bring more fans out so they could charge more to make more money which I'm all about the Blues making more money because they don't. Compared to a lot of teams, they don't make as much money. So, the ticket prices, the playoff ticket prices, were cheaper than a lot of teams. Now, now looking to, I was looking into getting a tickets to go to a game in Nashville, which was proved difficult. But there, they were a lot more money than in the same series than they were here in St. Louis. Like, like the cheapest tickets here in St. Louis at one point was like you know ninety five dollars, hundred bucks, whatever. The in Nashville cheapest one hundred sixty, and mm-hmm. like God, that's substantial. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah you ought to try to Chicago... go to a Kings, or, a Kings or Rangers playoff game or a Blackhawks playoff game and see how much they are. Yeah, yeah I was going to say the reason why the Chicago fans are so, uh, you know, travel so well is because regardless of how much our tickets are here, they're going to be cheaper than what they charge at the United Center. And yeah. They, yeah. they probably can't get in there. Right. Yes, yeah, that, that just coming through the mics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, we, I, I think that's. I think that's a sign. That is a sign. Um, yes. yeah. uh, uh, Lance, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, you want to tell folks where they can find your show? They can find us at uh, droppodcast.com and iTunes and Stitcher.com. And thanks, guys, for having me on the show. Sorry I was late, but uh, some great conversation about the Blues, and maybe we'll see something magical happen in the off season that we don't expect and they'll surprise us next year. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do a show or two in the off season, uh, after some news happens and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we can discuss it at that time. Yes. Um, uh, you can find, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll do it for this week's episode. Let's go Blues radio. Uh, don't forget to check out the blue note sports bar on grill in Maryland Heights. And uh, uh, you can find uh, Bill Day on Twitter at Billy Blue Notes. You can find Jeff Ponder on Twitter at jponder94. And you can find myself on Twitter at Kurt Price. And the show is at LGB Radio. Everyone have all that? Quick, quick uh, rundown. And this is no explanation. Just say what it is. Quick fire, rapid fire, favorite moment of the season. Go. Winter Classic win. That's what I was going to say. Winter Classic win. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Ah, damn it. Me too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So let, I'll, I'll, I'll change mine. I, I, you know, that was just the first thing that came to mind. Um, the jettisoning of Ken Hitchcock. Ah. <laughs> That's mine. Finally got it. Finally got it after waiting four years four or five years of me <laughs> bitching on this show and finally came true you know if i had was 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 magnus pay uh in the, the 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 series clinching goal against the wild that was pretty nice that was nice i was that gonna was say nice. the i like the the um 
if I can't say when a classic post goal did, I'll say, wow, that thunders. I'll say uh, the overtime winner against uh, Minnesota. I guess or, I'll, I'll say one of my favorites is actually when Carter Hutton, and it's kind of a full series, when he went on that West Coast trip and played so well against um, uh, the uh, Sharks and the Ducks. Yeah. Helping knock yeah. the Kings out of the playoffs. So yeah, that was yep. nice, too. That was nice. Yep. yep. Uh, Good season, boys. Good show. Yes. I'm sure we'll be back uh, soon. And and one little note I want to give the Blues fans before we sign off is, uh, remember, this is entertainment. Don't let it ruin <laughs> your life that they lost. All right. We've, it's not like we haven't all been here before. That's right. We're, we're professionals <laughs> when, when it comes to accepting defeat. When, 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 teams, when teams win and their fans kind of go crazy, I always like to say, act like you've been there before. So, <laughs> Blues fans, well, act like you've been there before, which well, you have. So I was, I, was telling, I was telling Logan today, my son Logan, that I said, you know, well, one good thing about people in St. Louis – they can train their kids early about the blues to say, let's look forward to next year. Yep. <laughs> uh, so painful. Uh, so that'll do it for Bill Day, Jeff Ponder, and uh, thanks again, Lance, for coming on. Yep. I, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio before the storms hit. Until next time, everyone, until next season, let's go blues. Thanks for a good season, everybody. Let's go blues. Yeah, thanks to everybody. It was a great ride. Uh, and yeah, take some time off. Let's go blues next year. Maybe in a, maybe in a month or we'll do a show. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.